Welcome to Safer Roads by Protective Insurance. Expertise to help you protect your fleet. Hello and welcome to Safer Roads, presented by Protective Insurance. On this show, we sit down with experts from Protective to dive into the information they've gathered working as dedicated members of the transportation community over the last 100 years. These thought leaders and industry experts will share their experiences protecting people and supporting safer roads. My name is Rudy Salo. I'm a lawyer in a large U.S. law firm where I advise on financing infrastructure and transportation systems throughout the U.S. I'm also a Forbes.com transportation contributor, public speaker, law professor, and podcaster. Joining me on the show today are two exciting guests. First, from Protective, the Vice President of Safety Services, Harry Stork. And our second guest is Dr. Daniel Malico, the CEO and co-founder of Pulsar Informatics. Today, Harry and Daniel are here to discuss a major topic within the world of transportation, fatigue and trucking. And more importantly, how Pulsar Informatics is assisting in keeping our roads safe with their trucking fatigue meter. So get ready for Safer Roads, brought to you by Protective Insurance. Welcome, Daniel, and welcome back, Harry. Now, to start off, I know we've spoken to you before, Harry, but can you both tell me a little bit about your respective roles and background when it comes to creating safer roads? Daniel, why don't we start with you? Sure, thank you. So I'm the chief scientist and CEO of Pulsar Informatics. And what Pulsar does is we're a fatigue risk management company. And we build products that allow for organizations, like for instance, trucking companies, to monitor for and mitigate scenarios that are associated with elevated fatigue risk. Terrific. And Harry, remind our audience of your importance, which you are. You're very important, but tell us again. Yeah, so thanks, Rudy, and thanks, Daniel, for joining today. So my name is Harry Stork. I'm the Vice President of Safety Services at Protective Insurance, and we insure the heavy-duty trucking market that Daniel referenced I lead a team of risk consulting experts that are highly tenured in the trucking field, and they work closely with our policyholders on strategies and best practices to be more safe and compliant. And the Pulsar Truck Fatigue Meter product is a very exciting new addition to our toolkit of resources that we're able to offer our clients. Thank you, Harry, and thank you, Daniel, and piggybacking on what you guys just briefly discussed. Today, we're discussing a very serious and important topic when looking into keeping our roads safe, fatigue in trucking. Now, Harry, can you give us as a, as just like a little bit of a background on what we mean by fatigue in trucking and what are the some of the most common signs of fatigue as a part of that? Yeah, absolutely. So again, we insure heavy-duty tractor trailers These are large vehicles, have a lot of inertia when they're going down the road, and when there is a collision or an unsafe driving event, the outcomes can be very, very significant, often severe injury or, or even fatalities. Statistics show that fatigue, driver fatigue, is a major contributing factor to severe accidents. So inattentive driving, dozing off at the wheel, just slower motor skills based on fatigue. Daniel will likely kind of reference some comparisons against fatigue related to the same effects of alcohol consumption. So the simple message is if a driver is fatigued, it can have very serious consequences. 
And Daniel's team has a very exciting product to address that critical issue in our industry. And how do we know fatigue is an issue in trucking? I know that's maybe that's that question sounds like very obvious, but really you're you're from the insurance side of the fence. I mean, coming at it from your perspective, how do we know that fatigue is an issue in trucking? I'm sure there's numbers and, and reports and everything that you can cite to us. And what does that mean for the safety of everyone on our roads? I think a key way of looking at it and one of the major challenges of fatigue in trucking is kind of always finding out about it too late. So an accident occurs, an investigation happens after the accident, the state trooper and others interview the driver, they go into looking at their driving logs, the attorneys want to get their hands on any information that can build a case Uh, The plaintiff bar is highly skilled at this. And so the key value that we see as an insurance carrier is providing a resource to our client that is much more proactive to alert the safety team and ultimately the driver that based on their work schedule and their past driving of hours of duty, they are a potential candidate for a fatigue issue. Every human's body and their biology deals with fatigue differently, but we are daytime animals, and Daniel can talk about their circadian rhythms, and there are certain things about trucking where driving at night or over long periods of time coming out of a weekend or other factors, we want to be as proactive as possible to let our safety teams that we support be aware of potential risks. So it's really the key message is be proactive versus reactive. I think that's a great segue into what I'm going to ask Daniel. Can you first tell us a little bit more about Pulsar and Informatics? And we'd love to hear what the company does and it's connective to the protective marketplace. Certainly. So we've been in business for over 20 years and we are an engineering company. My background is in engineering physics and biomedical engineering and We are an engineering company, and we've been involved with research and development and product development to take what is known about the science and to make it practical for organizations. We've really had the honor of of collaborating with the leading scientists in, in institutions over the last two decades and really taking a lot of what has been a maturing science and making it practical and useful. And the keys are that... Our ability to be alert and to have wake state stability is governed by a part of our brain called the hypothalamus, if you're not a a neuroscientist. And that hypothalamus really, it not only governs our sleep-wake drives, but it governs all of our appetitive drives, like our appetite to eat food or thirst or air, even to, to breathe air. And in any situation where that appetite can grow. For instance, if you don't eat enough food, your appetite to eat food goes up. And if you don't get enough air, your urge to breathe air goes up. In the same way, if drivers are not getting adequate rest or they're working too long or they're driving across the night, that appetite for sleep goes up. And those appetitive drives will take over. At some point, willpower is no longer reliable. And so this idea that we can just try harder or focus harder, and that will get us through. 
is really flawed because if you push the body to a point where the that pressure for sleep, that appetite for sleep gets too high, the hypothalamus takes over. You lose willful control about your own alertness and willful control about your own wake state stability. So what happens if you're driving a vehicle and you're experiencing wake state stability? You have what's called lapses of attention. And these lapses of attention, they're unpredictable in terms of when you're in that wake state, that unstable wake state, they can occur at any sort of random interval. They last half a second or longer. And when they happen, your brain is not processing new information for that period of time. So it's, it's a little mini seizure of brain processing. So for instance, if you're driving a heavy truck at 60 miles an hour and your brain stops processing new information for half a second or longer, you will travel several hundred feet. If the vehicle in front of you applies their brake lights and the brake lights go on, that will not register in your brain. You'll just keep driving without braking. And if you don't have enough following distance, by the time that lapse ends, you could be into a rear-end collision and a, and a serious collision. So one of the hallmark signs of a, of a fatigue-related crash is oftentimes there's no skid marks and there's no reaction by the driver whatsoever. And when you're in a 30-ton truck, as Harry said, that's a lot of inertia and momentum. And a 30-ton truck that doesn't brake and plows into the car in front is never a good situation. And so these lapses of attention happen without warning. And you're unaware you've had one and you can't observe it in other people if they're having a lapse and your vision doesn't go black. Uh, you continue to continue to do what you were doing. It's just no new information is being processed by your brain. And that's a very dangerous situation, especially when driving a heavy truck. And the remarkable thing about this whole system is it's very predictable. That is, if you track the inputs related to work rest opportunity, you can predict the probability that an individual is going to have one of these lapses with a lot of precision. It's sort of just like it is forecasting the weather. We know with pretty amazing accuracy whether there's a good chance that it's going to rain tomorrow or, or whether it's going to be very hot or very cold. In the same way, by tracking the science that governs our sleep-wake and our wake-state stability, we can identify risk factors when that wake-state stability may be compromised and then provide that feedback to drivers. Sometimes a day before, sometimes several hours before. But the key thing is that they get advanced notice, advanced notice about an increased risk scenario, which gives them an opportunity to take an action, to take some altered course of action that breaks that chain of risk, that allows them to take a rest or have a coffee or do something that's going to break that chain of events that would otherwise lead to wake state instability in an unsafe condition when they're driving. That's great. Thank you for giving us some background on the trucking fatigue meter and what it does and what does it do. Harry, could you please explain the current program Protective is sponsoring and their role in preventing trucker fatigue? Yeah, absolutely. We're very excited about this. It's got a few interesting uh, tidbits on why this is so interesting. Number one, Fatigue is a very serious thing in the industry where we're not talking about a backing accident where you bend your fender or crack your windshield. Uh, as Daniel said, fatigue with no skid marks, a rear end collision, a side swipe, a crossing over a median, th those can be very, very uh, horrible outcomes. The interesting thing about the technology that we find very appealing is there's no extra hardware. 
So generally speaking, most heavy-duty vehicles, with few exceptions that are regulated by the Department of Transportation, must have what's called an electronic logging device in their vehicle. It's typically an aftermarket product that is sold by a variety of different product sellers. But the common denominator, Rudy, is that all of our clients have this technology in their vehicles just by the nature of the business they're in. So that is a common denominator between our company, our policyholder, and Pulsar. If you have an electronic device that is integrated with Pulsar and their current integration footprint represents well over 80% of all vehicles on the road today, we are able to get the Pulsar product interwoven in with our clients with no extra cost of implementation, with no hardware cost, and we are able to proactively notify our clients with Pulsar that they have drivers that may uh, be at risk of fatigue. And the alerts are very, very easy to manage. That's another huge appealing part of the program. And moreover, the volume of alerts are not what you would get from a telematics device. So I'll give you an example. In a telematics device that has a sensor that captures G-forces, if a truck is going around an exit ramp, a little bit too fast and the G-forces are, are registering you're above a threshold in arguably what could be a three or 500 foot exit ramp, you could get 30 alerts coming off of your device for that one event because it's just pinging as it goes around the exit ramp. So the volume of alerts coming from a lot of vehicle technology today we hear is a major problem to manage. The interesting thing about Pulsar is the alerts are not high volume, but when they occur, they're very potentially serious that need to be addressed very quickly. And on average, a driver would generate one fatigue alert about every six weeks or so. Where today with a telematics device, that one driver could have 50 alerts in an hour. And so whoever is responsible to manage all of the alerts coming off of a telematics device, they must document the alert. They must coach the driver and document that. They have to train the driver to change their behavior and document that. And with the Pulsar alert, when it does happen, it's known to be significant, and that's when the safety contact notifies the driver, hey, Rudy, how are you feeling today? Our info shows that you might be pushing it a little bit. Sometimes your response is, wow, Harry, how did you know that? I am dragging. I, I am. I think I'm going to pull over and take a breather. Others might say, no, you know, I'm feeling fine. I've only got another 30 miles to go. And based on that interaction between the driver and the supervisor, a decision can be made responsibly to say you should either take a break or continue because every human has a different threshold. So we see this being unique. There no one else in the market is offering this as we are. Daniel's team offers it kind of one fleet at a time to the, the general trucking population. 
but we're making it available to our entire portfolio on a voluntary basis. We're covering the cost of the solution, and the customer of ours gets the benefit of this new technology, having insight into a different critical component of their risk profile, and we are able to get the data that's coming off of the ELD device as the insurance company. So that's that's kind of the win-win-win uh, equation. Do you have any examples, Harry, of what customers have to say when you bring this up with them? We have. We've had some incredibly powerful testimonials. Last year, at the end of the year, we had our annual claims and safety event where we had Daniel's team present the solution. We started out with a small group of customers that we've had on the books for many years. They're kind of our polite guinea pigs that like to try new things with us when we offer new solutions. And one client in particular came up on stage and offered a testimonial in writing and really kind of was a strong evangelist of the value that they're getting from the solution. The overall feedback from our customers has been overwhelmingly positive. Yeah, that's terrific. Uh, Daniel, just curious, did you have anything to add there? Not specific there, but, but with your conversations about what customers have to say? There's a few points I'd like to highlight. The first is that the partnership that we have, uh, Pulsar and Protective, Protective's really being a leader here, and, and that should be acknowledged. What they're taking on is one of the single biggest sources of human factors related crashes in the trucking business, bigger than any other identifiable factor, like for instance, drugs or alcohol or any other factor. You asked earlier, how do we know that fatigue's a problem in, in trucking? And one of the best sources for that is uh, the NTSB studies that have been done, the, the National Safety Transportation Board studies that have been done. One has identified that across all modes of transportation, the evidence is that fatigue is a contributing factor in one in five of all transportation accidents. So 20% of all transportation accidents have fatigue as a contributing factor. A study specifically targeting heavy trucks, the, the heavy trucking industry, suggested that it's actually closer to one in two. That is, one half of all heavy truck accidents have fatigue as a contributing factor. So Protective's really being visionary here as let's track, understand, and mitigate what is potentially the single greatest opportunity to make roads safer by identifying a risk factor and putting in place a mitigation to uh, reduce the risk associated with that risk factor. So that's a, a really something to really highlight. With respect to, Harry mentioned that drivers are getting alerts approximately once every six weeks. So what are they getting an alert about and what does that alert mean? The alert is that there are risk factors present that most people in that situation would be at or near their limit of what they can cope with before which they get into a, you know that zone of wake state instability. So what we're telling the driver is today, the drive that you're on today or about to begin today is harder for some reason than all the other drives you've done in the last month or two. Today, there's something special about today. Maybe you worked too long yesterday or and got to bed too late yesterday. Maybe you've switched your schedule from driving mostly during the day to driving at night and you're experiencing a sort of trucker version of jet lag. There's some factor about your work rest pattern that's being observed based on your ELD, that device that Harry mentioned that tracks your driving and work hours, which is federally mandated. There's something about it that's saying that you're at elevated risk today. And with fatigue, what we've learned is low fatigue, no problem. 
Medium fatigue, not really a big problem. High fatigue is where we get into sort of catastrophic states where you get into that wake state instability. And drivers who are in that state, there have been studies done where they take individuals and they sleep deprive them and they measure how their alertness responds to that sleep deprivation. And then they allow those, those same subjects to go home, rest, recover, and bring them back and systematically feed them alcohol and measure their blood alcohol concentration, their BAC. What we find is when drivers get to this state of wake state instability because of fatigue, they behave a lot like drivers who would be at a blood alcohol concentration at 0.08, which is a DUI. So what we're saying is drivers who get into this zone, which is we would define as incapacitated, you're driving, but you shouldn't be because you're so fatigued that your alertness is not reliable. The alertness is comparable to drivers who are drunk. And when you put it in those terms, it really becomes obvious of how significant this risk is. And it really drives home the point that Protective is really being a leader by taking this on and bringing this risk that really flies under the radar for the most part and bringing it above the radar so that we can attend to it and address it and create scenarios where we can be safe and productive. Let me just ask, you know, before I get to the, like the last question, if you don't mind, because I'm sure this is, this question is going to be on our users' minds. Daniel or Harry, can't it just a really strong cup of coffee just fix that problem? So what makes coffee do its thing? And obviously it's caffeine. But what makes caffeine do its thing? And what caffeine does is caffeine's a drug. We treat it like a food, but it's a drug. And it blocks, we have receptors in our bodies and in our brains that track the presence of adenosine. And adenosine builds up while we're awake and it sends a signal to our brain that we're becoming sleepy and it starts to trigger those processes that lead to wake state instability. So what coffee and caffeine does is it blocks that signal. Now, there's a couple of things about coffee. People who drink coffee tend to drink a lot of it. And you can only drink so much before you saturate your whole system with so much caffeine that all of the receptors are already blocked. And so drinking more coffee doesn't do anything. And generally speaking, you reach that saturation point after three large cups of coffee in a 24-hour period. So after that, that fourth large cup of coffee is not doing anything for you in terms of providing you any additional alerting benefits. Pulsar supports a lot of areas of the Department of Defense, the Navy and the Air Force and the, and the Army, et cetera. And one of the studies that they found of Marines who were forward deployed, on average, were consuming 1,000 milligrams a day of caffeine. And I just said that three cups of coffee, which translates to 300 milligrams of caffeine is you reach your sort of saturation point. So the average Marine was consuming more than three times the sort of maximum useful dosage of caffeine while they were deployed. And the same goes for a lot of transportation workers and truck drivers. They're overusing coffee and it comes to a point where you sort of build that into your baseline case and an additional cup of coffee doesn't give you the boost that you need because you're already saturated and you've already sort of used up that countermeasure as we sometimes refer to it. And so caffeine is a, is a miracle drug. It does boost alertness. However, there are limits. And in an operational environment, you really do need a collection of mitigation strategies in order to be safe and to be able to operate in and to address fatigue. So just piggybacking on that point about the three cups of coffee, 300 milligrams, Daniel and Harry, do truck drivers know that fact? 
Probably not. I would agree. I think the typical truck driver is in their mid-50s on average, and they're kind of creatures of habit like many of us are. They are truck drivers for a reason. They like that level of independence and kind of the some level of self-governance, if you will. And I don't know how many of them are really reading up on all of their wellness goodies out there that are available. There's a lot of info about sleep apnea that's uh, impacting the trucking market due to wellness and age. But what Daniel's product refers to is not sleep apnea. It is more fatigue associated with work schedule data. So I would say uh, it'd be safe to say that the trucking population is not as well informed as maybe they will be over time. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, because I'll tell you right now, just hearing what Daniel had to say about the three cups of coffee and that maximum, should I ever be in a situation where I'm going to be doing a lot of driving, I'm going to count how many cups of coffee or how many milligrams of caffeine I had in the day. So that's my big takeaway from here, besides the fact that fatigue is such a major problem in the trucking industry. There's also something to consider that we call habituation. So the, the more you use caffeine in, in coffee to stay alert, the less impact it has on your biology. So your, your biology sort of adapts to the, the dosage. And so as you have coffee, you tend to need more of it to get the same sort of bang for your buck. So that's called habituation. So your best strategy, if you're a, a transportation worker or driver or, or just anyone who may need to be alert on command, is to avoid caffeine, drink decaf, avoid caffeinated foods and drinks. And then on that day that you do want to get a big boost from caffeine, you won't have that habituation. And so your body will respond very sensitively to that caffeine. And, and that's personally, that's a strategy that I take that I don't use caffeine on a regular basis. But if I get myself into a situation where I do need an alertness boost, boy, when I have that coffee, it's, it's like rocket fuel for me because I sort of save it for use as a fatigue countermeasure and I don't treat it so much like a food. That's a good tip. I might have to start implementing that and drinking decaf. So my last question is for the both of you. How do you see tools like the trucking fatigue meter being utilized to cultivate safer roads for the future and beyond? I'll jump in first because to be an insurance company and insuring heavy-duty trucking is very, very challenging. And so there are many, many solutions out there, all of which are very, very good to use. But we find things like the truck fatigue meter and other solutions that are more active measures versus passive measures that take a lot of human follow-up for documentation due to either volume or just complexity of follow-up. Those are ones that we hear over and over are very challenging to get an ROI on the investment. The trucking fatigue meter, due to the fact that the a number of alerts are severely less, but they are critical when they happen. It's a, just a winning recipe for our clients that they're really embracing this once they get started with it. So it's really been a phenomenal extra offer that we've been able to weave into our solutions over the last year or so. And Daniel, how, what would you like to add to that? Harry's point is spot on. That is what this product puts on the table is the ability for drivers and trucking companies to identify a high-risk scenario, to take action, to break that chain of events, and to reduce the risk. And what we find is 
when drivers and trucking companies adopt the tool and they follow it in earnest, we're seeing startling results. That is, we're seeing reductions of 60% in what we call safety critical events. And Harry mentioned them, you know, based on the, the telematics and the, the data coming off the vehicle, we can detect when truck drivers have hard braking events, when they slam on their brakes or when they swerve dramatically. And we see a 60% reduction in these safety critical events when you adopt the fatigue meter and you respond to the alerts and you put in place what we call fatigue countermeasures when you do identify a high-risk scenario. So what this says is, one, fatigue's a big problem. Two, we can track it. Three, if you respond to the alerts, you can have a, a very dramatic reduction in safety critical events which leads to a reductions in claims and sets up the economics for the trucking company and the insurance companies and the whole industry for success, which is what we're all trying to achieve here. Daniel, Harry, thank you both for your time. This has been an eye-opening episode, really learned a lot, and I'm really looking forward to hearing how the trucking fatigue meter is going to be making our roads safer in the future. Thank you. Thanks for having us. That is all the time we have today. I want to say a big thank you to Harry Stork and Daniel Malacone for being on the show today to give us a little bit of insight on fatigue and trucking and what's being done. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your favorite podcast. Remember to keep an ear out for the next episode of Safer Roads 2. I'm Rudy Sallow, and this has been Safer Roads by Protective Insurance.